0: Hi, this is Amber and my website is sacredspacehealing.org, that's sacredspacehealing.org. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. My work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, inner child work and sacred union work. So today's podcast is a tricky one really. I'm not quite sure what to entitle it, what to label it, other than I I feel like it seems as if we have a form of trauma envy at the moment in our consciousness. And I'm I'm meeting it in interactions. And um, what do I mean by trauma envy? I think what I mean is we seem to have this desire to, to want to be more oppressed, more traumatized, more exhausted, more um, hard done by than the next person. So I don't know whether this is a very... An intrinsically English thing, I think not, because I've also experienced this with international um, people and conversations. And I don't know whether it's a result of a kind of reaction to our consciousness, a reaction to the stories that are coming to the fore. Um, I certainly see it more with women than I do with men. That w- whether we feel that because of what's happening in our in our mass consciousness in terms of revelations, especially around. Revelations of sexual assault, of abuse, um, of misogyny, of prejudice, of racism—that we feel we need to compete with this mass consciousness and have a trauma also. So today's question is: Do you have trauma envy? Is there a part of you that is secretly wishing that you could also pipe up and say this terrible thing happened to me and I'm traumatized? Because if you if you don't have a trauma, then somehow you know somehow you're not part of the zeitgeist at the moment you've got nothing to be angry about you've got nothing to rail against you've got nothing to inspire you but also you don't really fit in because where do you fit into the 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 narrative of our mass consciousness if you don't have trauma in your life or in your in your childhood um or in your ancestral line now i meet many people in my journey as a healer and a teacher and as a human being and um Sometimes I meet those that have experienced truly horrendous, horrific things in their lives, um, either as children or in their adult lives, horrific things that break my heart to hear these stories, and that I am forever awed, just floored by their strength, that they are still here, they're still fighting, they're still showing up for themselves, and above all, that they want to heal their wounds. Um, And I also, on the polar opposite of of that, meet those that, that it's... It's it's like um, you know that stuff hasn't happened to them. Uh, what has happened to them is probably uncomfortable in some way, um, pro- possibly trying at the time. But in no way does it compare to to the to the, to some of the truly atrocious things that can happen to people, the truly traumatic events that can happen to people. Um, I did have a very bright idea of uh, of of seeing what the definition. Of trauma actually is and so um i wonder if it's if it's worth if it's worth looking at that so the definition of trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience a physical injury um let's just see if there's any i am actually looking this up um a physical injury it comes from the greek word meaning wound um Okay, so it comes from the Greek word meaning wound, a deeply distressing or disturbing experience, a personal trauma like the death of a child, emotional shock following a stressful event or a physical injury which may lead to long-term neurosis, the event has relived with all the accompanying trauma, or a physical injury, uh, and the origin means wound. Okay, so that's our technical definition of trauma. So that can cover anything from um, the death of a loved one, the death of a pet, uh, our parents divorce, our own relationship breakups, um, natural, ac- natural accidents, um, floods, fires, uh, a physical attack of some kind, abuse of any kind, um, a shock to the system, bad news. Uh, bullying over a prolonged period of time, um, psychological abuse, mental abuse, so on. So it can cover a lot. And I think this word has become trendy, it's become cool, it's become a thing that we want to say that we have. Now, I don't think that we can get into the field of compare and contrast, but I think what we can do is actually own up To what is traumatic in our lives and own up to what isn't traumatic in our lives and let ourselves off the hook. So often, what I see is that people have labeled an event in their life as traumatic and now their whole life is kind of unraveling, falling apart, you know, not on track because of this one event. And when you track it back to what that one event was, in comparison to what could have been a trauma, what could have happened to them it's a relatively small event that can easily be resolved in our consciousness just by either spending time with those who have truly experienced trauma or just by looking at the situation differently. And one of the most complexing things that I hear, um, you know, it's one of the most kind of, uh, bizarre things that I hear is that often you can sit around in women's circles in women's shelters. And I've done a lot of work in women's shelters and, um, uh, women will be talking about sexual assault, about rape, about some truly horrific things that have happened to them, and there will usually be one person that will pipe up in circle at some point, um, whether it's in that circle or an, or another kind of healing circle, if you like, and will say, "Well, there's a greater reason for this, you know. Um, it was a karmic event." that led to you being assaulted or raped or, um, you know, that event in your life happened to show you uh, so you could learn something, so you could be more compassionate or so you could learn to help other people or so you could learn about boundaries or that abuse happened to you so you could um, teach people about this, that and the other. So uh, a reason is found for this hugely traumatic event, for this hugely traumatic event. And then on the polar opposite of that, we have people that... um, Are saying that they're traumatized because a pet died when they were young or um, they didn't get to celebrate Christmas um, or their parents split up for a period of time and that isn't explained away in the same way, that's kind of given a, a huge amount of weight, a huge amount of Um, acknowledgement as this deep trauma and I think what we what we tend to do is desensitize ourselves to the really traumatic things and oversensitize ourselves to those things that are just part of growing up or they're just part of life you know we can we can sit and watch tv and watch people being blown up um, not only in films and television programs but blown up on the other side of the world Um, we can watch the bombing of Palestine, of the Middle East, of Iraq, of Iran. Um, we can watch the, uh, the, the mass slaughter of people. We can watch the mass slaughter of animals and we don't really bat an eyelid to that. We don't really, we don't really register that that's trauma for those people in those parts of the world. The children that are seeing their parents being blown to bits are traumatized. We don't really register that. On the other hand, we can have someone say, oh, my parents separated when I was, 10 and it was a deeply traumatic experience for me and we can hold their hand and walk them through therapy and counseling and support groups and twitter feeds and so on and and i feel that we've got this upside down so um trauma envy looks like this all around us people are clamoring about traumatic events that have happened to, uh, to them um, whether it's on social media or on television or in tv programs or movies or whatever And on some level, we feel like we're missing out. Well, I didn't have a trauma in my life. You know, where's my trauma? Where's my sexual assault? Where's my me too moment? Um, And we try and seek to find something that we can call a trauma. And if we can find something that we can call a trauma, we can start to excuse our life. We can say, well, the reason why I'm failing at my life, in inverted commas, is because... I had this traumatic thing happen to me. You know, the reason why I'm not getting these promotions, I'm not earning, I'm not in that relationship is because this deeply traumatic thing happened to me. And what you tend to find is people that have been through deep trauma, you would never know it. That's not the first thing that they introduce themselves with. Their lives are pretty amazing considering what they've been through because true survivors survive they have a resilience they have an, uh, a way of making the best of a very bad situation whereas your faux survivors will always find a reason why their life is failing there'll always be a reason whether it's this trauma or it's something else or it's the healer that didn't help them or it's the boyfriend or the girlfriend that broke their heart or it's the boss that's horrible to them there'll always be a reason why they're not succeeding at life there'll always be something that is making life difficult for them whereas your true survivor will acknowledge the things that are difficult, but will actually be really hard on themselves rather than the people around them that probably deserve to be reprimanded in some way. Your true survivor is going to turn that on themselves and say, I should have done more. I should have been more like this. I should have known more because that's what trauma does to you. Trauma makes you feel that it's your fault. Um, It changes the way we respond to events. We internalize it because that's the only way we can make sense of it otherwise it makes no sense that this random thing happened to us but it makes more sense if we can internalize it and say oh it happened because i did this thing so true trauma survivors tend to have that they tend to be very hard on themselves they tend to be perfectionists they tend to be people that don't weep and cry over the things that most people would weep and cry over most people would see trauma survivors as being quite cold or aloof in some way Whereas your faux trauma survivors are going to scream and shout and make a a big drama out of this thing that happened to them, because actually it's not a deep level trauma. It's something that most people would say is a blip in the road. It's not, you know, it's not a gaping chasm in the road. It's a blip in the road. I'm just going to give you some examples of things that I've heard along the way as a human being um, in conversations and so on of what does not qualify as a deep trauma, So I once had someone tell me that the reason why their life was unravelling, that they were in addiction, that they couldn't hold down a job, they couldn't hold down a relationship, you know, when we tracked it back to what is the core reason, you know, what is it that happened to you in your childhood that's created this sense of dissatisfaction with life? We tracked it back to the fact that um, their parents were slightly older, of an older generation, if you like, and they didn't celebrate what I think one year they didn't celebrate Christmas, they didn't have a Christmas tree, and they didn't have Christmas presents. And this person was telling me that the reason they were in addiction, the reason they couldn't hold down a job and they couldn't hold down a relationship, was because their parents didn't celebrate Christmas one year and they were deeply traumatized by the fact that their parents were of an older generation. That to me does not qualify as a trauma. I once had someone tell me that the reason why they couldn't hold down relationships and they weren't happy in their job and they were just deeply dissatisfied in life you know we kept tracking it back what was it was it something that happened in the teenage years nothing was coming up was it something that happened in childhood nothing was coming up was it something that happened you know in your family was there anything deeply traumatic that happened there and and there wasn't really anything deeply traumatic it wasn't particularly um you know picture perfect but it wasn't traumatic there was no violence there was no abuse there was no psychological abuse of any kind um, there were no deaths in the family, nothing. So eventually we tracked it back to um, one of the family members had, they, so they had a family pet, and uh, one day one of the family members decided that they couldn't look after this pet anymore. So they put the pet in a car, and they drove the pet to uh, an, another family member's house and gave it away. And this person told me that the reason why they couldn't hold down a job, they couldn't be in relationships, they were deeply dissatisfied with life, they didn't like themselves, they didn't love themselves, Um, they were unhappy in life, was because their family member had given away a family pet when they were a child. That's not a trauma. Yes, it's upsetting. It's a blip in the road. It's not a trauma. In the grand scheme of things, that's not a trauma. I had someone once tell me, um, this is when the Me Too movement was just starting to happen, you know, it was like bubbling beneath the surface. They'd gone to an office party and at this office party, the boss at the office party had made some, um, had made some unpalatable remarks, you know, some sexual remarks about this person. And then at one point in the evening it had gently, uh, kind of rubbed their hand up against their behind at this party It had lasted for a few seconds and then that was it. And this person turned around to me and said, I felt violated. I felt as if I'd been raped. No, you were not raped. No, you were not violated. Yes, that was a transgression of your boundaries. Yes, that was deeply inappropriate. Yes, that was horrible and should not have happened to you. But to turn around and take someone putting their hand on your arse... And equating it to rape is a deeply disturbing thing to do. And for me, that's the pinnacle example of how we have trauma envy. Why do we have trauma envy? Is it because we feel that our story doesn't justify, our life story, our childhoods do not justify where we are in our lives right now? So we need to find an excuse. Is it because we feel that we're missing out on something? Is it because we feel that we'll get more sympathy? Is it because we want to be called a survivor? Is it because we want to, you know, tweet on social media or Facebook or Instagram how strong we are? Is it because we want to call ourselves a goddess? What is it? What is it that's giving us trauma envy? Because here is the thing. Our role as human beings is not just to be the victim or the survivor. For some of us, our role is to be the space holder. For some of us, our role is to tend to those that have been traumatized and to assist them and to show them a way out of trauma into healthy relationships and healthy ways of being and healthy self-love. And we can do that because we've experienced it. So we come to realize that the reason why we had a blessed life is because we're here to assist others. It's not a curse. It doesn't mean that we have to take our blessed life and somehow make it traumatic We can acknowledge that our blessed life, within its blessings, also has had deep pain and sorrow, but that it does not compare to the trauma that some people have been through, whether it's physical or mental or or all of those together. And then on the other scale of that, I think we have a duty to bless our lives, to see how blessed we are every single day we walk past a homeless person. Every single day we walk past someone who doesn't have the use of their limbs. Someone who can't see. Every single day we walk past someone or we see someone that's in a war zone. We have a duty to integrity, to authenticity, to acknowledge how blessed we are. To to, to stop the perpetual desire to moan and bemoan our lives that, you know... Um, we couldn't get that top that we wanted in our favourite shop or the, the queue at the supermarket was too long or um, our central heating isn't working today or we've got a cold or we had an argument with our lover. All of that pales into ign- insignificance when we see that there's people sleeping on the streets, eating out of bins in our society still. Every day I see people sleeping on the streets. Every day I see people fishing food out of bins. And if I could help every single one of them, I would. There's only so much that I can do in my time, in my day to assist. But I take time out of my day to talk, to connect, to buy a cup of tea, to buy them lunch, to offer them advice, to do the best that I can do to assist those that are truly going through a traumatic experience. Rather than to try and match that trauma. What I tend to find with people that are so wrapped up in their trauma envy is that they're not actually acknowledging other traumas that are happening in the world all around them. They're wrapped up in their own trauma. They're wrapped up in themselves. They're unable to relate to others. And how very sad that is. I had a conversation with someone the other day. um, And, uh... It became a competition to see who was more exhausted. I said to this person, oh, I'm feeling really shattered today. And I was, I was feeling shattered. I'm still still trying to clear this cold thing that's been lingering on, working really long hours, feeling really exhausted. And this person turned around to me and said, no, you have absolutely no sympathy from me. This is why I'm more exhausted than you and proceeded to tell me why they were having a worse time than me rather than actually acknowledge that we can be in a situation, but there's someone else that can also be in a situation that is equally difficult, trying, painful, or even more so. I think what trauma envy does is it makes us want to be victims because we somehow feel that if we're a victim, we're going to get more of something, sympathy, attention, love, whatever it is. And true victims, those that have experienced true horrific things, don't want to be victims. They don't want to be seen as, as somehow less than. They don't want to be pitied. They don't want your sympathy. So they tend not to ask for it. They tend to put on the brave face. And that's how you know that there is a true survivor in our midst. But the person that is constantly asking for attention and taking out their tiny violin and telling you what a difficult time they're having... Most of the time, the things that they say are so hugely traumatic aren't actually that traumatic in the grand scheme of things. So I guess the question is, do you have trauma envy? And if so, where's that coming from and why? And what can you do to nip that in the bud? Because it's not helping anyone. It's not helping society. It's not helping you. And you're not helping your fellow man. If there's nothing in your life to really be traumatized about, great, great. Get out there and make a difference in the world. I, I remember noticing this when I was at drama school. We used to have to do these acting exercises um, where you would pick a moment from your life that was a deeply charged moment and then you would play it out in the room with you know other actors playing different people from your life. And... Um, I mean, a lot of you know, I've had a, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my life. So I would bring some of these core experiences into the room for sometimes the first time to sort of explore that, the emotional charge behind them. And I remember on more than one occasion, more than one person saying to me, oh, I watched your acting exercise the other day and I thought it was amazing. You know, it was so electric. It was so charged. I wish I could do something like that. And I remember an actress once said this to me. She said, I wish I could do something like that. I wish I could do a scene like that. And I said, well, really, it's nothing for you to be envious of. The only reason I can do that scene is because there's some really shit things that have happened in my life. So I'm just using them and putting them into my art to try and make something good out of something that happened that was really painful. She didn't really acknowledge what I'd said. And the next day she came into the acting class and she actually created a trauma in her life that had never happened. She made one up just so she could have um a powerful acting scene to play out because she wanted she wanted that, but what she wasn't realizing was that, that she had her own gifts that didn't have to come from pain or trauma that could come from another place, but she didn't want that she wanted the thing that was deeply charged, but the deeply charged thing came from my traumatic past which i wouldn't miss i wouldn't wish upon anyone um I, I remember we had another actor who was in our uh, our year, and it was the same with him you know we would we would do acting exercises, and he would say, I, "I literally have nothing to bring to the table because I had a very happy childhood and he found it really frustrating that he didn 't have this deep well of pain to bring to the room every day, but what he did bring to the room was joy you know and 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 lightness of spirit and playfulness, and there 's a place for that too you know we we, we have to experience a spectrum. And the thing is, I think we're all wanting to experience one type of spectrum, you know, one type of color. It's like we all want to be the color red, but we're forgetting that there's other colors that we can be, that there's other emotions that we can feel, that we can excel at. There's other energies that we bring into the room. It doesn't just have to be the one that we we need to be bringing into the space. And I think the reason we feel that is at the moment in our consciousness, there is this huge clamoring of pain. You know, there's this huge voice of pain that is very loud at the moment. And we all want to be part of that. You know, it's a babble at the moment. Everyone wants to be part of that loud wave of pain to say me too, you know, and jump onto it. And I think for some people that's going to be deeply cleansing and healing and empowering for them because for the first time they will be releasing their pain. But for many others, they're just kind of making it up. They're taking what was a very safe um, happy childhood, happy life, and trying to find moments of something to call a trauma because they want to be part of the zeitgeist. And so I suppose this podcast is to say, take a mirror, look really deeply into it and see if you're one of those people because if you are, stop it. Because we will never come out of this cyclone of pain if everyone's trying to jump into it and, and be part of it. You know, we need those that have had blessed lives to show us the way out. to to add lightness to things and we really don't need bullshitters to jump on the bandwagon and go yeah i've got a bit of a trauma from my past i never had a christmas tree it doesn't equate i wouldn't say not having a christmas tree is a deep wound comparable to being sexually abused as a child or you know burying both your parents at a very young age it's not the same thing let's not try and make it the same thing we can't Yes, we can honour the, 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 the sadness of not having had a Christmas tree when you're five years old. But in the grand scheme of things, not having a Christmas tree when you're five years old and being raped when you're five years old are two completely different things. So let's put some perspective into things. One of the main things I often say to clients <laughs> that come to me and, are, and whatever stage they're at in their healing, um, when they get caught up in this awful thing happened to me, I can't move past it, I will often say... Have you been to a shelter? Have you been to a homeless shelter? Have you been to a women's shelter? Have you gone and sat with and worked with those that are suffering? Because it will put your pain into perspective. And I think it's one of the hardest things to hear. You know, it's at times when I've been in a very difficult place in my journey and I've not been able to climb out of that sort of a pit of pain, I've had healers say to me, be of service, be of service and it will help you, It will help you come out of your pain. And the last thing I've wanted to be is be of service. But actually I've realized that to get me out of, you know, self-pity, it, it is, it is of service to be of service to others and myself to assist others. And there's many ways that we can do that. You know, we can volunteer at shelters or to work for helplines. We can fundraise, we can, talk to the disadvantaged in our society we can do something for charity there's so many different things that we can do and we're doing something to help those that are worse off than we are it starts to put our pain into perspective and we no longer have trauma envy we no longer need to say i'm the most tired person in this room i'm the most traumatized person here i'm the most screwed up we actually just look at our gifts and what we have to offer the world and then we start to offer it to the world Trauma envy is like a disease of our society right now. It's it's a sickness. It's sickening to, to watch. Um, and it's sickening to fall into. So let's not fall into it. You know, let's start to embrace the things that are powerful about us and assist others to come out of their, their pain also because we didn't come to this planet to be in pain. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.